Good morning, Laguna Beach. This is Craig on Rainbow Radio. How about that? Right in how important that is. So the weather, uh, mostly cloudy early, then sunshine for the afternoon high around 70 degrees. Winds southwest 5 to 10. The humidity or humidity, some people get upset. I keep calling it humidity, 71%. Sunrise 645, sunset 635. And for the week, let's see what we have. Oh, <clears throat> well, you know, today... Did you know that uh, September just slipped away? First day of October, 71 degrees tomorrow, 73, 76, 78, 79, 81 by Friday. And it's all partly cloudy all through the week, 5% chance of rain. It's much better than what they're experiencing on the West Coast, I might add. Our power hasn't gone out. Uh, we're, we're not suffering from uh, uh, surges and floods and uh, horrendous weather and all those other things. Um, so we're very happy here in Southern California. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in on this morning in uh, Southern California. I have um, some news going on in uh, locally. I, I Let me give you some updates on what's happening as far as events coming up. Uh, yeah, right off the top, there is a sunset bonfire has been scheduled for Laguna Beach Pride, and that is coming up on October 23rd, which is uh, this month. And it's a, this time, it's we moved it up to 4 p.m. because the days are getting a little shorter, so 4 to 9 p.m. Some people will stay till 10, but it, the, the beach is open till 10. And if you haven't attended a sunset bonfire, it's a lot of fun. It's free. You just show up. You might bring a beach chair so that you feel comfortable sitting on the beach. Bring your family, your dogs. Uh, it's at uh, Aliso Creek Beach, and it's free. It's on a Sunday, that is. This time we're doing on a Sunday. Normally we do it on a Saturday, but we're doing it on a Sunday this time. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's very casual, probably about 30, 40 people. Uh, it's a different crowd every time, which is nice. New people, new faces. Um Usually we uh, we get the fire pit, so there's a nice bonfire going, and you can roast your weenies, and uh, we provide s'mores and popcorn and a few snacks, snack items, uh, and roasting sticks. So if you want to bring, like I said, your weenies and uh, whatever you might want to cook on the bonfire, that's great. Share it, um, and it just goes on for a few hours. We have music and watch the sunset, and when the sun, the gloaming, which is the the glowing sky after the sun sets and uh and then share uh, watch the stars and then about uh, 9 30 you can wrap it up they uh, it is free except they they do um charge for parking um so that's the dealio again that is uh october the 23rd which is a sunday yes october 23rd which is a sunday and then uh, we're doing something new we're doing uh we're we're partnering with uh, the LGBTQ Center, Orange County Center, and we're doing a professional mixer for LGBTQ community businesses, and that's an, on uh, November 10th. We think we have a location in downtown Laguna Beach that will let us know this weekend. Uh, it's a mixer like the Chamber of Commerce mixer, but it's professional business people. Also, Laguna Beach Pride has scheduled its December holiday party, December 11th. Uh, at 4 p.m. and uh, the location will be determined later but we do have a holiday party scheduled and then next year's Laguna Beach Pride for 2023 we are looking in the first of June so we're looking far ahead 
Now, back to Rainbow Radio here in KXFM 104.7. I have two guests scheduled coming up. Uh, you know, I had Jack Manning this last weekend, and that was a real pleasure. He is working so hard to put together a perspective. I think that's a fair word to say, a perspective of Laguna Beach, a photo perspective of Laguna Beach. Uh, as you may recall, he was granted, um, he applied for a grant to do a perspective uh, using analog film and uh, of Laguna Beach, and he will um, put it together. At some point, he'll have it presented. I have invited him back so that when it's all finished, which may, I don't know what time frame that might be, but when it is, we would love to have an unveiling party and, uh, and have uh, present his work. Uh, as it were, and uh, see what his perspective is on Laguna Beach as he as he dives in for the next couple of weeks, three or four more weeks, and interviews and does uh, photos of various uh, Lagunaites, as we might say. And um, it's it's interesting because I think it will give uh, us an uh, a unique perspective, not our own, but someone from the outside, perhaps looking in with a different point of view. Uh, a different perspective where it be so that's that will be coming up and that was our last guest now the next guest coming up <clears throat> on october 9th is a young uh gentleman who uh is named matt Sar sarafa matt is claims to fame which will be this next weekend on the 9th is a Los Angeles-based 23-year-old celebrity fashion designer and reality television personality best known for his appearances on Project Runway uh, Jr. As the, and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> he will be here as the youngest designer to have ever shown at New York, Paris, L and LA Fashion Week. Matt has come a long way since he started designing at age seven. Matt is a 2020 graduate from UCLA, in addition to running his own company and dressing some of the biggest names in Hollywood, such as Tyra Banks, uh, Doja Cat, Big Sean, Iggy Azalea, uh, and many more. Matt, Safar, um, I hope I say it, Sarafa, brand has been published by prestigious media outlets, including Vogue, Forbes, The New Yorker, Times, Harper's Bazaar, Ellie, and countless others. He is doing a drag show. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, we'll, we'll do an interview. He's going to do a Halloween drag show costume contest featuring Amber Crane uh, 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 at the uh, La Casa del Camino here in Laguna Beach. And it will be on, like I said, on, um, well, the interview is on the the day before the event, actually, the 8th. And so he'll be on, actually, he'll be the guest on the 9th. What the heck is the date? Well, he will be here uh, next Saturday. To, uh, today is the 1st, so he will be here on the 7th, right? Or the 8th. He'll be here on the 8th. And the 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 show is, uh, the entertainment is on the 9th. So, yeah. And uh, uh, so he'll be here the day before. Um which will be, uh, so tune in, meet this brilliant young designer, and we'll talk all about the drag show and costume contest um, at La, La Casa del Camino uh, at the Commodore. 
in, in the Casa, so the Commodore room in the Casa del Camino, which is right here in Laguna Beach. And then the following week, um, if you're not, if you didn't know, there is a film festival in Newport Beach. And in the film festival is a young, um, well, there is an art, there is a movie that's going to be showing and it's called Art and Pep. It's a documentary uh, about two bar owners that were married and together for 50 years. And it's a documentary. Um, the movie is about them. So they'll be the guest, our guest on the 15th. And the movie is going to be, re be released, I believe, on the 19th at the Newport Film Festival. So they'll be here in the studio or they'll like zoom in. I'm not sure. One or two of those. And uh, with that, they will... Um, We'll find out all about the movie, and then you can actually go watch the movie at the Newport uh, Beach Film Festival on the 19th. So that would be lots of fun, huh? So save the date. Um, and So that's for the next two weeks. I'm booked up, baby. <laughs> so you got to tune in and find out what's going on between uh, this movie release with... Uh, and you can go watch, look at the trailer. It's called Art and Pep. You can go find it on um, YouTube, A-R-T and Pep, P-E-P. -E -P. That's the, the two short, uh, that's the name of the two bar owners uh, that have been together for 50 years. And it's a story about how they uh, managed this little bar, kind of like I, I felt very much like it was Main Street Bar and Cabaret, Fleur, Fleur de Lis, and all the other names that it's been for over the years here in Laguna Beach. This little bar, which is, by the way, now is going through another transition. Uh, I don't know what to make of it all, but it is for sale again. Uh, <clears throat> the owner, James Nelson, passed uh, fairly recently, and it is up for sale. Uh, um, and there's some people... I guess, positioning themselves to look to maybe purchase it. Maybe it will go on and continue to go on. Uh, it's been renamed Anchor Line Bar uh, more recently. And um, it is, uh, we do need a gay bar in Laguna Beach. So I, um, with that, I want to... Um, I want to digress, as everyone says, I digress too much, but I am going to digress. I recently authored an article that got published in Stu News here in Laguna Beach. It actually got published last week. But I found that uh, some people don't always read Stu News, and maybe they missed the article. So um, me being concerned for that, <laughs> I thought that, that I would uh, share that article with you. Now, this moment, and it is, it is, uh, a, takes a few minutes. So maybe you want to sit back and uh, grab your coffee and your morning or your morning tea, whatever, um, or your morning mimosa. I don't know. I don't draw judgment. <laughs> so <laughs> here we go. Why uh, is a, a an LGBTQ plus bar club so important to Laguna Beach? I will try to answer that and, 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 and and with in as few short words, I've always got too many words, but here we go. Uh, I say like, like the many music choices, fav, uh, your favorite ethnic food, or the many variety of drinking establishments, country and Western music, uh, sports bars, Irish pubs, martini bars, neighborhood cheers, 
dance clubs, hip hop clubs, Latin dance, oh my, goes on and on, etc. Gay clubs and many of many varieties. However, with a gay bar, there is one important caveat that uh, it's about a home. And with that, uh, I will explain it's about a family. And uh, therein lies a big difference. I feel more often that the LGBT community may not have had a strong home um, and the blessings of a healthy and loving family. Uh, that experience has been missing, and by the nature of, say, their condition, you know, being gay, too often they are shunned and dismissed and not included in a, the traditional family, unfortunately, as a result. And for that reason, they often reach out to fill that need and find a home. I, I know they do. I myself, you feel you're alienated from your natural home. Sometimes, not always. Often, uh, that is a gathering place where others cut from the similar cloth or uh, a club or restaurant where a family gathers. It has been very important for so many years and for so many decades, a safe haven where you can truly be yourself, laugh, have a little fun, speak, speak freely, and hold hands with one another and the one you love without fear of retribution. Um, and often for many, the gay, uh, gay bar is a positive diversion, one that subverted debilitating thoughts about suicide, provoked a long lost smile and laughter and incited a little dancing and presenting presented an opportunity to have a family of sorts. To fill that missing need in our hearts, a need of belonging, a need of friendship. Therein lies part of the answer. A gay bar presents a home of sorts, unconventional, but a home. It is less about the brick and mortar of a bar, club, or restaurant, and more about being a family of friends together in the presence of one another, sharing life's similar experiences, understanding the many intimacies of a culture. In inclusive of for everyone with the welcoming laughter of friends and not just somewhere to visit as a guest. For Laguna Beach, gay bars and clubs have, have for decades been a part of this culture and a big part of the economy. I got to touch on that. <laughs> a family home and a retreat destination for many uh, from the nearby cities to come for a long weekend and enjoy a culture celebrated. This is, is what made this fair city so special as a warm, safe place in the sun, a place to celebrate life, a place to share the love. Then, suddenly, with AIDS, an epidemic, and the highest incidence per capita of infection in the nation. The culture was less than welcome. It was devastating culturally and financially for Laguna Beach. Add to that a new gentrification of the city that followed. The many long-established venues were no longer viable, and the new financial barriers to development made it difficult to replace them. Yet today, with the worst of HIV in the past, development is in a transitional trend, and a new generation of acceptance of the many things LGBTQ+, marriage policies, of inclusion, et cetera, these changes bring new opportunities. 
And I go on. <laughs> Recent LGBT community events have overwhelmingly proven again and again that the LGBTQ market is strong and viable. That the nearby LGBTQ feeder markets of Los Angeles, Palm Springs, Long Beach, San Diego are again thriving. Indeed. <laughs> There's no question. We recently had a panel at the museum and that topic came up and uh, the panel discussion and uh, without question, that is the case. And they are eager to make Laguna Beach a weekend destination as an international market again is eager to enjoy week-long vacations with all we have to offer and especially interested in our West Street Beach, a well-recognized West Coast LGBTQ gathering Mecca. This uh, is a market that has, for various understandable reasons, receded and is once again a viable investment opportunity that may benefit the entire community. So, to answer the question, why is an LGBTQ plus bar an important, uh, so important to Laguna Beach? It is for two important and valuable reasons. First, is the huge, it is a huge part of the celebrated and integrated culture, the home, as I explained, and the heritage of Laguna that is, that is longed for and so important for so many. And secondly, it is a huge and powerful demographic for both local and tourism markets that support the community from the art galleries, the festivals, restaurants, and resorts to the spas, bicycle rentals, surfing, snorkeling, whale watching, and enjoying the 20,000 plus acres of open spaces for hiking and biking. It brings city revenue as lodging and sales taxes, which provide primary city services. Truly the gay bar is a single most important and simple ingredient missing in Laguna Beach today a vibrant and fun gay entertainment drinking eating establishment. An example that it is the chili on the enchilada, the fireworks on the 4th of July, the cake at the wedding. One that the new, a new generation is visibly visible, vibrant and welcomes everyone with music, dance and cabaret shows. All the while it celebrates diversity, inspires the human spirit and one that the entire community can enjoy and one that the LGBTQ community proudly feels contributes to the greater good of Laguna Beach. There's goes my answer. So that was a long answer. <laughs> that was a very long answer to a very important question I have to feel. So this little struggling bar has changed uh, hands quite a bit and it's, it is up for sale. Um, but I do think that Laguna Beach is deserving of um, a nice venue and even a nicer venue than that, the, the little, uh, the little bar that's there. And there are some great locations uh, in Laguna beach. So I, I am kind of on a mission. I think Laguna beach pride has worked hard to try and uh, bring something around, but it's difficult um, to make this a destination and bring a, an, uh, a crowd here when uh, you need a you really need a couple of venues, a couple of um, places for people to uh, come here and spend some time um, and maybe a weekend or a week. Uh, we're also working on uh, getting a lifeguard tower uh, at the West Street Beach. I know recently the city of Laguna got the, um, the beaches are, come, are being uh, brought back from the county 
they were um, managed by the county up until recently, and the city is now uh, ending that agreement and bringing them back to Laguna Beach for management. So with that, I think uh, then we can proceed with a lifeguard tower at West Street Beach or Camel Point, as it's often known. So I think we'll take a music break at this point because it's just about that time. <laughs> I've gone on long enough for a while, and I think you probably could you could probably appreciate a little music. So I will be right back in just a minute.
Craig, KXFM 104.7, Laguna Beach's only FM radio. I am here with, on this week in history now, I, I you know, I, I've kind of missed it the last couple of weeks because we had Jack on last week, you know, and we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And talked, and talked. Oh, we had a lot to talk about. It was all good. <laughs> I loved it. So um, I'm, I'm kind of playing catch up this morning. I, I have to, but I will just do this week. I won't do the prior week. It's too much for one setting. So uh, <clears throat> I was, um, I'll date myself. I was listening to an old Paul Harvey. Does anyone remember Paul Harvey and the news? <laughs> page three, <laughs> page two, page one. Okay, okay, Craig. He's an old, uh, he's an iconic newscaster and he had syndicated all over the United States for many, many years. A bit ultra conservative, but he, uh, I remember they played him, well, they played him in our our school on the lunch hour. We all listened to Paul Harvey in the news, which was good. I won't try to emulate Paul Harvey, but he, he did one thing that was very important. He kind of, he kind of really coined the dramatic pause in radio. We go, Paul Harvey, the news. <laughs> so it's Craig Cooley. The news on this day in history. Oh, that's not good. Okay, I digress. In 1971, on October 1st, Connecticut comes becomes the first, oh, excuse me, the second. <laughs> Connecticut becomes the second state after Illinois in 1962 to decriminalize same-sex acts between consenting adults. Wow. <laughs> That's 1971. So apparently it's still illegal in many other states. 
Connecticut becomes the second state to decriminalize same-sex acts between consenting adults. So I guess that means if it's the second and there's 50 states, there was 48 other states where it was against the law in 1971 uh, to have same-sex acts. Boy, we've come a long way, baby. In 1982, former Los Angeles Dodger outfielder Glenn Burke comes out in inside sports, becoming the first professional player to do so. 1982. Wow. Well, that's pretty progressive for 1982. 1986, in his first letter to the bishops of the Catholic Church on the pastoral care of homosexual persons, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, what a name, uh, the first Pope Benedictus the 16th clarifies the church's condemnation of the homosexual inclination. What's oh, an inclination? I never heard of that one. It's an inclination. Well, I guess I'm inclined. So inclined. <laughs> as the as a tendency, oh, we're an inclination tendency toward an intrinsic moral evil. Well, no, intrinsic, I understand. And <laughs> As an objective disorder. Oh, no, that's a disorder. No, that's a mouthful. Homosexual inclination, tendency toward an intrinsic moral evil objective disorder. Wow. <laughs> and criticizes Catholics who have been guilty of an overly benign interpretation of the homosexual condition. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> but I digress. <laughs> In 1989, Denmark authorizes, I'm moving along on that one, authorizes registered partnerships for lesbian and gay couples. The partnerships are considered similar to marriage, although they do not include rights to adoption, artificial insemination, or religious wedding ceremonies in state Lutheran churches. So I remember at one point talking to my attorney friend who is very very professional attorney, not one, not one, not an ambulance chaser, but a real attorney. Okay. I shouldn't say it like that. But anyway, my friend Dennis, and I'll his last name will remain unmentioned. I said, well, you know, what's a, what's what's wrong with a, one of those partnership things for the gays? This is before we had could get married. And he said, Craig, you gotta understand that there's like thirty thousand other laws that don't apply when you just get a partnership thingy. And unless you have marriage as the word, you don't get any of those things. So partnership is a very poor way to uh, consummate uh, a full, uh, the full benefits of marriage. Uh, don't, don't go there. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's the dealio. In 1993, a court orders the federal government of Canada to grant a gay federal worker spousal and bereavement benefits equal to those of heterosexual employees that that heterosexual employees receive. That's 93. Canada, wow. In 2009, Nevada Domestic Partnership becomes effective. Okay, moving right along. We got lots of news here. On October 2nd, in 1969, the National Institute of Mental Health Study, uh, chaired by Evelyn Hooker, urges government bodies to decriminalize private sex acts between consenting adults. See, I don't think the government has any place in anyone's bedroom. Ugh. Unless it's murder or 
pedophilia. Now, there. <clears throat> In 1985, movie star, matinee idol, Rock Hudson, dies of AIDS in Los Angeles at the age of 59. And that shook the world, I have to say. In 1999, Governor uh, Gray Davis signs three gay rights bills into law. The first outlaws harassment of homosexual students and teachers in the state's public schools. The second creates a new statewide domestic partnership registry. Hmm. The third outlaws job and housing discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Thank you, Gray Davis from the state of California. There we go. Moving along to October 3rd. In 1961, Hollywood and the motion picture producers and distributors of America announce a revision of its production code. In keeping with the culture, the movies, and the values of our times, the revision advises that homosexuality and other sexual aberrations, oh, ab aberrations, hmm, may now be treated with care, discretion, and restraint. Really? The new ruling paves the way for the release of films like The Children's Hour and Advise and Consent, but the MPPDA later amends the revision to specify that sexual aberration may be suggested but not actually spelled out. Hmm. We're going to interrupt this program. I think I have a caller. This is Craig. You're on the air. Yes, hello. Um, I was wondering, you used to work at that place called the Anchor Line Bar or Main Street? I did, yes, years ago. Um I, I heard that uh, they have a GoFundMe page out there. I thought it was for sale. Do you know anything about this? Uh, it is for sale, from what I understand. Um, it's listed on, uh, it's publicly listed, so it's a, it's up for anyone to find out. It's public information, actually, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I see. So do you know if they're selling it still? Yeah, I believe it's still for sale, or because uh, they wouldn't probably have posted the GoFundMe. Oh, so it's only going for $10,000? No. <laughs> no. I think that goal is to keep it open while they find someone to purchase it. I believe what I saw the uh, GoFundMe was at, I believe, three, $325,000, I believe, $325,000 was for the uh, purchase of the business. Oh, I see. I see. Yes, because I was interested. Uh, I, do you know how I would get a hold of this person? Uh, well, you just call the club. It's uh, it is, um, and the manager is Jeff, I believe. Uh, yeah, and he can put you uh, in touch with uh, the owner, who is Wendy uh, Nelson. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. I think I'm going to give them a shout out. Sure. Why not? Good luck with it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You All bet. right. Bye bye. bye. Okay, well, that was interesting. Back to on this day in, in history. Uh, where was I? Oh, it was the children's hour. Okay, in 1973, we're back to October 3rd. Sorry for that. In 1970, New York Health Administration, Howard J. Brown publicly acknowledges that his homosexuality. Oh, really? In 73? Hmm. Saying... <laughs> You get to a point where you want to leave a legacy in, I'll have a legacy in a sense, 
that you can help free the generation that comes after us from the dreadful agony of secrecy and the consent need the consent need to hide or the constant need to hide you know i think it would be nicer to say the freedom to be yourself uh that's a much stronger thing but anyway i the dreadful agony of secrecy is also a strong motivation in my in my book but i digress in 1980 conservative activist and founding member of the american conservative union robert bauman is arrested in washington dc for soliciting sex from a 16 year old boy hmm that's interesting conservative activist and founding member of the Con American Conservative Union doth protest too much. <laughs> in 1983, the AFL-CAO Labor Union votes to support gay rights legislation. Wow, the AFL-CIO, a labor union. Hmm. In 1997, an Ontario court rules that the Canadian Province's Insurance Act must include same-sex partners in its definition of spouse. That moves moves it along little by little. Let's move along to, speaking of moving along, to October 4th on this day in history. In 1971, W.W. W. Norton publishes E.M. Forrester's Maurice, written in 1913, but dedicated by Foster's to a happier year. In 1974, John Waters' Female Troubles. Oh, my gosh, have anyone seen that? Uh, opens, which is not only gives us divine complaining about not getting cha-cha heels for Christmas, it also contains the following piece of advice from Aunt Ida's. Oh, honey, I'd be so happy if you turned Nelly. <laughs> Queens are just better. I'd be so proud of you if of you was a fag and had a nice beautician boyfriend. I never have to worry. <laughs> I worry you'll work in an office, have children, celebrate wedding anniversaries. The world of heterosexuals is a sick and boring life. <laughs> oh, my. I guess you turned that one around real good. <laughs> anyway, that was female troubles from the, from the twisted mind of divine, divine. Moving along to October 5th. We're almost done, folks. Hang in there. In 1513, Spanish conquistador Vasco Nunes de Balboa. We have Balboa Island. I wonder if they're related. Discovers a community of cross-dressing males in present-day Panama. Oh, my. According to reports, feeds at least ooh, 40 of them to his dogs. Well, Spanish conquistador Vasco Nunes de Balboa. In 2010, Court of First Instance of Hong Kong dismissed a judicial review of V of W versus Register of Marriages filed by transsexual, a transsexual person, person, which concerned the constitutionality of marriage legis legislation and the interpretation of one man and woman clause. That's in 2010. So they dismissed it. Hmm. In 2011, California Governor Jerry Brown signs Seth's Law, requiring school districts across the state to have uniform process for dealing with complaints about bullying and mandating that schools personnel intervene 
when safe to do so to stop bullying. That's Jerry Brown. Again, bullying is an issue. And I don't go along with those who say, oh, there's always been bullying. Yeah, it's okay. It just, you kids need, need to get over it. That's so, that's so wrong in so many ways, if you ask me. In 1968, the Metropolitan, oh, we're moving along to September or October 6th. In 1968, the Metropolitan Community Church is founded by, in Los Angeles by Reverend Troy Perry in the living room of his home. In 1989, Betty Davis dies at the ripe age of 81. In 1989, just two years after its first public showing, the AIDS quilt returns to Washington, D.C. with 10,848 panels. At its premiere, it had only 1,920 panels. And as I recall, the Clintons came out of the White House and visited the panel, and it was quite an event. In 1998, Matthew Shepard is beaten and pistol-whipped and tied to a fence and left to die in a gay bashing incident near Laramie, Wyoming. I always thought it was interesting, his name, Matthew, which is a biblical name in the Bible. No one seems to recognize this. And Shepard, which is, has a lot to do with being a shepherd in the Bible as well, but ergo, <laughs> was it a coincidence or was it meant to be? Okay, moving along to the last day of the week in this week in history, October 7th, in 1959, Russell Wolden, running for mayor of San Francisco as a Democrat, accuses the incumbent of welcoming and collaborating with the city's sex deviates. Really? His tactic backfires. The city's newspaper accuses him of irresponsible mudslinging, and he loses in next month's elections. Imagine, imagine today losing an election for mudslinging. It seems everyone mudslings. If you don't mudslings, you'll probably never get elected. Unfortunately, oh, the good old days. That was 1959 when mudslinging was frowned upon. <laughs> Oh, I digress. In 1977, the Advocate celebrates its 10th anniversary in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Well, it's still there. I wonder what anniversary they're celebrating now. In 1987, the Justice Department report concludes that homosexuals are probably the most frequent victims of bias, hate, of bias crimes and hate-related violence in the United States. That's 1987. I don't think much has changed. I, but what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? This is KXFM 104.7, Craig and Rainbow Radio. Uh, I see a notice here. Uh, the Jack, Jack Johnson giveaway. Saturday, October 1st, Hollywood Bowl, Live Nation, one pair of Jack Johnson. Huh, text Jack at 949-715-5936 for a chance to win. You can win a pair of Jack Johnson tickets to the Hollywood Bowl for sec for today. <laughs> well, you better hurry. 
Okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. Anyway, KXFM 104.7. Um, Craig, I'm going to take a short music break. We'll be back. What time is it? Oh, gosh, my time is just about up. My, how time flies. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This is Craig. You're live on the radio. Hey, Craig. Can you please play Cold, Cold Heart by Elton John and Dua Lipa? I'll see if we have it in our library. <laughs> I don't know that I'd we do. I'd appreciate that. Okay. Cold, 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 cold Heart by Elton John? Yeah, and Dua Lipa, yes. Okay. I'll see if I, see if I can Thank find you. it. You bet. Well, we're about out of time here on KXFM 104.7 on Rainbow Radio. I'll see if I can get that song up and play Cold, Cold Heart by Elton John. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I will be back next uh, week with a special guest uh, and a following week with another special guest. So uh, we'll hopefully you'll tune in. At any time you want to uh, listen to the program, you can go to rainbow-radio.com or rainbow-radio.org and uh, listen to the past 
podcasts, or uh, you can also go there and link to join me at any time uh, uh, during the show uh, using Zoom, or you can always go to uh, Facebook and listen to it. Although on Facebook, you won't get the music because they block it out or block it out, whatever. And uh, but you will get the audio um, information. So uh, that's the story. That's I'm sticking to it. Ida Mae's not here today, but her music is. So we'll get started with hers. And if I can get that song in there, I'll do my best. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in on KXFM 104. Uh, we'll check in next week again, same time, same place. And have a great weekend and great week. And stay safe. Tell everyone you know you love them. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye.